0: warning. Now, you listen to me, you insignificant piece of human excrement. You do that once more and you won't be able to eat solid food ever again. You absolute tusser. Why the hell did you do that? These are some of the flowery words you may hear on the day you spoil today's movie to someone. The movie we're about to talk about was released almost 20 years ago. Yes. However, this is one you want to experience fully without getting it spoiled. So, fair bit of warning, we will not shy away from spoilers. Take it like this. Uh, you would not want someone to tell you who Kaiser Sose is, right? Same deal here. So, this episode is significant for three reasons. <laughs> It's the first time we talk about the M. Night Shyamalan film. His film, Unbreakable, was released in 2000, which is eight years before the Marvel Cinematic Universe started the revolution, which now makes it that superhero movies are highly mainstream, bringing billions of dollars back, even Oscars. And it got two sequels, uh, the second of which we didn't see coming at all. Not unlike Highlander, when I thought I was immortal after watching it, I am very rarely Uh, Sick. So I don't recall breaking anything ever when there is a virus or microbes. If I catch them, it's two days max. Lucky you. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So today, Unbreakable. We are introduced to Samuel L. Jackson's character as he's uh, being born in 1961. It's designed in a way that don't see exactly that something fishy is going on. And then we're introduced in a very nice, long take, I would say, scene- to uh, Bruce Willis' character. Basically, uh, we, we see we see the kid at the, for a few seconds from the eyes of a child who is seated in seats in front of the seats where his character and woman is trying to woo, establishing right away without saying anything um, because he's removing his ring and then he tries, but it doesn't work. And it's a whole one sequence up until big bright light that uh, englobes the screen, which is the train crash have you ever seen this film before guys no no I haven't seen
1: this film before I've seen a couple of M night Shyamalan movies before yes I still haven't forgiven him for the terrible terrible it's just abysmal. avatar adaptation from the TV series mm. uh, which apparently is there's concept art for like a Netflix series of that which I'm like okay but last time it was adapted to live-action didn't work out very well. So, mm. having said that, do you like Sixth Sense? So, oh, yeah. you know.
2: This film reminded me a lot of of Sixth Sense just cuz it's it's Bruce Willis and a kid and mm-hmm. the kid knows more than everyone else and is kind of seen as the person that the the person that you're interested in. Or, or sees things that you don't see. It's it, it, it's, a, it's a weird one, this one, for me, because I kind of hated it all the way through. <laughs> and then afterwards, I was like, that was quite entertaining. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm not a huge comic book fan. So maybe the structure was strange for me, or the storyline was a bit too fantastical that I I, I just didn't get it. M. Night Shadow kind of likes his trick shot, which kind of took me away from the story, which have made me feel like oh he's trying to be cool and mm. uh, you know i didn't leave the film and go oh well that was a total waste total waste of time i mean it's not my favorite film especially of, of his mm. it was more enjoyable than when i was actually watching it
1: this comes out after wing Fi, a fire right uh, i think it does uh wing a fire is no longer my least favorite movie we've done on this ep- this podcast this is now my least favorite film we've ever done oh no so <laughs> i would rather watch a Wangin'a and a fire again than watch this ever
0: again whoa i i hate this film
2: you hate it i
0: hate this film wow okay Uh, this will be
2: interesting
0: that's interesting is that because in a similar way as the illusionist there was not enough foreshadowing before the twist or
1: no it's nothing no it's for multiple (laughs) we'll get into we'll get into it we'll get into it let's actually let's start you brought up the the child the children watching bruce willis flirt with the the woman. There's so many shots in this film. You know, you know, when you're, when you're a student and it's like, let's be edgy. Let's try something just to be different. There are many shots in this film that some of them work for like an artistic, Ooh, interesting. Like the one where he's recovered from the crash and we see the dead body in front of him or no, sorry, the body. And then it dies within the same scene. Cool shot. But there are also shots like the thing with the kid that keeps moving back and forth. I know you're trying to do something different instead of just having, you know, close up, over the shoulder, bat, 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 back and forth, which I've criticised before, like in um, Colossal. I criticised that bar scene when I went ping, 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 ping. It just didn't add anything for me. If anything, it distracted me. I'm like, this is just really odd these that that one shot and that's when we started off with that I'm like okay maybe okay this film's gonna be a bit like uh, okay but then they started talking this is the worst written thing I've ever watched the room in this film are equal for how bad the dialogue is no yeah the dialogue is so clunky so clunky
2: it is clunky you know when dialogue is a bit strange and it works with the film i think quite a lot of the time the dialogue is okay but then sometimes a sentence will come out and it seems a bit expositiony like you just want to tell us some part of the story that you know that the audience would need to hear it doesn't actually fit putting it next to the room is harsh
1: for dialogue
2: troll two No,
1: come on. (laughs) So the dialogue felt honestly some of the dialogue felt like it was badly translated. The scene that stands out to me with the worst dialogue is when the, the son is gonna shoot the dad in the kitchen. We don't shoot friends, do we? We don't shoot we don't shoot our friends. It's like
2: That was a bad scene. I'm like, what? Just say put the
1: gun down don't shoot me I'm your dad you know when it's so in your face of how bad some lines are (laughs) At three points in the film I pressed the button to see on the DVD how long we had left I did that three times during this movie
2: that's bad that's a bad sign
1: and when we got to 40 minutes I'm like oh good there's only an hour left
2: yeah really bad sign I do agree with you that scene where the son pulls the gun out and points it to his dad I think that was a bad scene but just but I think I don't know if it's directorial or writing or even Bruce Willis acting, but he just suddenly explodes and it I, it's not believable. And because he's the person that the camera's pointed to, the whole scene just falls apart because you don't believe him.
0: Mm. Um, I I have no idea what the filmmaker was trying to achieve, but maybe he was trying to n- not to achieve something realistic, but more heightened.
1: Well, I thought that as well. Like, is is the dialogue meant to be like bubbles in a comic book? And even if it is, that's an insult to comic book writing. Like, just because it's a comic book doesn't mean your dialogue has to be expositionally. Like, they're artists. Yeah. They're artists and writers. In fact, they're some of the best writers. I mean, the writers of the Batman animated series are are hailed as like 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 geniuses. You. Know? know like and that's why that series from the 90s is watched over and over again and hence it's just been released on it was released on blu-ray the, like last year the whole of batman the animated series in fact to say like oh it's a bit you know it's clunky dialogue it's a it's a comic book film i'm like that's kind of an insult to comic books
2: i never actually thought about this film maybe was trying to show a heightened sense of relationships or
0: no there are some videos explaining like if he's doing yeah broswell is doing everything small, slowly there taking Poses waiting for two seconds when he's in the uh on the stairs and stuff. There are people analyzing that kind of stuff on the internet, but, yeah. I mean, it's probably at the time, so 2000, it, it was around the time where superhero movies were uh more like the the old like uh Fantastic Four with the like the stuff that looked like TV in the 70s. Well, we
1: had um, that's tr- predates. Spider-Man 1, isn't it? Spider-Man 1 was 2001, I think.
2: Yeah, I think it does predate. I, um, I think it, it predates at any...
1: Well, the last one I would think before this, I don't know if it predates Catwoman. No, it might actually, it might. I think Catwoman's like 03. But like Batman and Robin is probably the last one out before this at the end of the 90s with George Clooney, um, which is terrible. Oh, dear. So <laughs> the visa, The Visa card. oh yeah the bad credit card i mean never leave the cave without it this is why superman works alone like terrible absolutely dreadful movie
2: i just i just want to crawl up into a corner and die every time i hear that uma Furman
1: is is poison ivy
2: who is one of my favorite characters can i just say
1: we've never had a good version of her yet no in film in film in film before the comic book fans go well i agree city siren is great comic book
2: yeah that i agree with i enjoyed that i've actually read that
1: City sirens should have been the film, not Birds of Prey. Just saying.
2: So you've got clunky dialogue at moments. The sad thing is, and maybe this is because I I I, I'm trying so hard to like it. Is because I think the story is awesome. I really like this whole yin and yang thing of you know, if I keep breaking, then there must be someone in the universe that cannot break. I love that idea. I think this is why I would love comic books actually. Mm. If I was a huge fan, because I think there's quite a lot of that sort of fantastical thinking behind and also like a backstory i love a backstory
1: behind. well dc loves an origin story it's just look how many times they told uh, superman's origin story it's like every single superman movie is an origin story
2: and uh, so i thought this was really nice um maybe it was the ending i, I think that the fact that writing just comes up it, it feels unfinished it was, it was like, like the, i wanted more
1: it was like the end of like hawaii 5 or something you know like these 80s american shows it would like do 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 like it would freeze frame and then the dialogue like yeah. or like the 80s you know like that's not i don't mean the a-team ended like that like the a-team like it would be an explosion and then it would like freeze frame on the explosion and then some dialogue would come up
2: but doesn't it feel like the production company lost money and so they couldn't carry on with the scenes they wanted to show so they just decided to put up writing on a freeze frame
0: (laughs) that'd be funny
1: if that was true but i don't think it's that
0: just like yeah paul said in energy like
1: it's it's yeah tell
0: don't show uh, is this uh-huh. is this the first case of like
1: sequel baiting? You know, like it ends with him leaving the villain after we discover the spoiler alert that Elijah is is his arch villain. Like he caused the train crash, whatever. All these other like horrible events that he's done to try and find somebody who's the opposite of him. And then it's like, well, we'll see you next time, and he it'll be Bruce villain, Bruce Bruce Bruce, Vill- Bruce Willis. <laughs> Alfred Pennyworth. Oh, for God. oh dear! Frank. That was right. It's Pennywise. I kept saying. Anyway, uh, Pennyworth. Pennyworth. Anyway, uh, Pennyworth. The dancing butler. Could Batman be in it? Chapter two. I, that'd be great.
0: So we know that for instance, the Matrix. The first one was so successful that they they said afterwards, yeah, we planned the trilogy all along and all that stuff. And the other two are rubbish. <laughs> I haven't watched them in a long time
2: so you're saying that sometimes people will say oh yeah we wanted to make another one but actually they they had no idea yeah that it would be that successful oh yeah that yeah. happens
1: all the
0: time I mean the, the first Buffy was uh, produced as 10 episodes and it was successful that they ended up with seven seasons but yeah. they shot the, the, the series of, of 10 episodes so I'll also be because it's in the same universe anyway talking uh, spoiling a bit the two following ones 2000 Unbreakable mm-hmm. 2017 split the way twists work in that in the first two ones so basically you've got a story and at the well usually the twist it's something at some point that makes you want to re-explore everything in a new way like um in in this one that's one single thing at the end and in split it's the fact that it is a sequel the twist the the major twist Hmm. Uh, there is a and the third one basically this to an overload of twist is just you don't you don't care anymore (laughs) Uh,
2: sure yeah uh,
0: i don't know what happened for this one because sometimes projects are in people's minds for decades and the right moments only happens when it happens
1: yeah i mean that's true yeah it's funny because you see online that like this is a cult this has got a cult following and it's it's a it's a beloved deconstructed style of comic book movie and it is interesting because it's with time obviously because of what comic book movies were like in the 2000s I not really existing well certainly not to the degree that they exist now where every film is like we've got to have a universe like the cinematic universe idea that started with Iron Man and f- subsequent films
2: so I think the one line that really jumps out at me is go where people are what do, do what mean? people where, do go, go where people yeah do what people do that would make sense to an actor but like what does that mean and then of course he goes to a place where people are but surely people are everywhere (laughs) i don't anyway so but of course he bruce willis knows where he's supposed to go Grand Central Station Are they in New York?
0: No, it's, it's Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. Philadelphia. Sorry. Yeah. So, no, yeah, where he's going to do that thing is there is a stadium, right?
2: He goes think. to like a a place where
0: huge station. Yeah, there. He goes to a train station. It looks
2: like Grand Central Station, but maybe smaller.
1: Yeah, it's a, um, it's a, it's not Grand Central. Grand Central <laughs> is huge.
0: Sorry, it's so heightened that it's actually Grand Central Station, but they were supposed to be in Philadelphia. Yeah, very very heightened.
1: <laughs> that, that scene reminded me of the if the that scene in the station room. Reminded me of the scene in Heavy Rain Where like you're looking for You're trying to find your like first clue Sean is running around with a balloon in the trade trade station Bumping into people because you're having like a panic attack A lot of this film felt like a David Cage style game If you liked Detroit, Becoming Human and Heavy Rain I mean this isn't too bad if you're into that sort of thing I mean the
2: But it's a film, you don't control the characters So surely that's a very different medium
1: Well it's a different medium But I think the story and the sort of filming elements They're very similar styles so
2: So then i can understand why it is is a cult it has a cult following because if you're putting them against those then i understand completely why someone would like it i mean it doesn't
1: fit in anywhere else as much as i don't like this film i'll give it credit it is original it is original you know in a a world now that's heavily populated with everyone trying to make a cinematic universe or a comic book movie this isn't bad if you want something original that's a comic book film could not bad it's not for me i can appreciate what it does so there are good and i will say i will say positive things about it but it isn't it's just not for me and there i will criticize it equally as well as give it compliments i'll give it a compliment now shall i (laughs) try one of the very last scenes in the kitchen with the the orange juice and bruce willis passes across the newspaper to the the kid the shots after that are cool as well where it's like nice there's a nice moment of not saying anything in, when it's not saying any of the terrible dialogue um, yeah i
2: think the, the kid was really good mm.
1: but the fact is that shots frame that looks like i thought that the kid had superpowers for a split second i'm like is the kid able to like pool fitties? does he have like telekinesis yeah the i way thought that, that it, for a second the which, way that it yeah which was quite nice
2: she my first thought was is bruce willis's arm that long that he can reach <laughs> over the table nice. but
1: bruce willis's doc ock <laughs>
2: yeah exactly he just suddenly goes
1: <laughs> Bruce Willis as Doc Ock would be good casting
2: not Doc Ock he'd be uh, what's Mr. Stretch his, that's not his name Cap- Mr. Fantastic Mr. Fantastic Rick is it?
1: Is it Rick Reeve
2: it's Reeve something I don't know doctor, it's Reeve something he's a
1: doctor isn't he yeah he's Rick? like a he's like a new no, he's like a super scientist <laughs> what?
2: super scientist I
1: don't know what he is so I'm just going to say a super scientist because <laughs> if I I was going to say a neurosurgeon neuroscientist but I'm like it's probably not and get comic book people saying oh my god he doesn't even remember that he's a he's a
0: astrologist scientist or whatever he is uh when the fantastic four right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay uh he was his sister and yeah uh well Jessica, his wife <laughs> wife the sister of uh, chris evans who wasn't uh, cap america at the time so we're not talking
1: about the fantastic four that was released and bombed everywhere and nobody remembers the recent fantastic
0: four no the, no. the one where the haircut of the lead female changed depending on the scene <laughs> Uh, Reshoots. De- depending on the shot in the scene, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. It was terrible. I had Michael B. Jordan as the human I- torch. I did, yeah. I also struggled to... Because, essentially, indeed, it talks a lot. Yeah. It talks a lot for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but as I explained in my intro, I... And it's partly because it was the first time I saw something like this, obviously, that uh, genuinely, I am not unbreakable uh, because I've hurt myself, mostly muscles. Shout out to falling down the stairs and delaying
1: the show. Our one of our student shows.
2: Oh God, that was so scary. I
1: know, I, Jan fell down the stairs.
0: Yeah, Crazy. We, we could have been seen by Patrick Tucker, but because of me, we weren't. <laughs>
1: Cheers for that, by the way, because our one was not ready.
0: You know, do we have uh, half an hour already? Do we feel we have stuff to add? Oh to yeah, that? oh yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I um,
0: have stuff to say. Obviously.
1: I got a new one. Uh-huh. Uh, we should write down what qualifies in the category of Hollywood eyes. I've got a new suggestion.
2: I'll allow it.
1: It's called overscoring. This movie is so overscored.
2: You ruined a part of this film for me because as soon as you said that, <laughs> we watched it together and couldn't stop <laughs> hearing the music. The whole thing just has music all the way through. The, and-
1: it's the bit. The bit I noticed the scoring was when he. Doing the weights Which is quite a nice scene Of finding the superpowers I mean there's You think of like Spider-Man With the glasses I can see without my glasses And then the whole like Mm -hmm. Climbing up the wall thing From the Sam Raimi movie This one's not bad either The whole You know Doing the weights And like being scared Of like I'm gonna drop it And then realising I was like Actually I could do this Nice. How much
2: did you put on now? All of it.
1: I didn't take any off. I'm sorry, Dad. I actually added a metric ton.
2: Yeah. And then the paint buckets.
1: The paint buckets from when we painted the garage last year. Do you remember when we painted the garage? The the, the music in that scene is like, that's not, it's not bad. But it just, it's there. It never, it's always on. And the scene after that, mo- that was the moment I said to Nick, I'm like, this is overscored. And then there's a scene later on where Bruce Willis and uh, Robin Wright's character are having like a date. We're, like in a restaurant with a nice like pretty background. Again, one of the shots that are just framed to have things in it. The artwork on the on the restaurant wall. But the music is like this. It goes... Dum, dum, doo, 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 doo. It's a melancholy sequence. Yep. It's like you could... I'm playing emotional beats so I can emote. Almost, you know, it's like forcing you to feel. If it just
2: doesn't stop. I think that's the problem. It's
1: similar to, in, you know, you, Onuka, you'll know who get this reference in Desperate Housewives. You know how they'll have like a sort of like, like ditzy music for when one of the characters is being a bit mischievous.
2: <laughs> yes, I do.
1: Yeah, it's like that.
2: No, but that's fine.
1: That's fine because it works in that genre because that's what Desperate Housewives is. It, you know, it's like playing no, but, up the serial, you know?
2: Yeah, but also it wants you to emote in that moment. So it's fine. It's only the problem is it's only when the music doesn't stop and then you become really aware of it. It means it takes away from anything else right.
1: When you when you're relying on music to do what the words or the acting can do, that's when you're in trouble.
2: But that's the problem it didn't need to overscore. That was a, it's like, did you not believe in what you were doing? Because if there was less music, this would have been better. And this is all- so it's not about the fact that he was relying on the music. It's the fact that he thought he had to.
1: But the reason I say it's a qualification in the Hollywoodized category is because we recently tried to watch Sure Little, and Sure Little has the same problem. Like, it doesn't stop playing music. Yeah, it's but like... that's
2: like a children's movie, isn't it? Like yeah, but
1: the... you know, to, yeah, to, and you're right to keep them engaged. It's yeah. like, um, it's like why we eat popcorn while at the movies because if the movie's boring, at least we're ha- we're eating something.
2: That's not why I eat popcorn in a movie.
1: No, but that's the the idea is to keep is you. It... It's the idea to keep you engaged in the cinema so you don't walk out
2: sorry i totally disagree with that the reason why is because that's the only way that a cinema makes money one and two is because if you have popcorn you'll need a sugary drink and then you buy coke
1: it's why people play with their phones while watching netflix you know it's like you've got something to do even if you're not enjoying what you're watching you've got an option
0: all right so thought experiment all right uh do you think your view would have been modified if you watched that in your childhood.
1: Probably, yeah. We've, we've talked about this before, about nostalgia for certain films i'm sure of we watch well you talk for winging a five for example we talk about it in there
2: yes because i think because if i had that kind of innocent outlook on it like oh this could happen or i think also quite a lot of times when people still read comic books and are still into spider-man superman batman etc mm. it's because they grew up with this stuff right yeah and then they have that nostalgia plus finding new things on how to, on different mediums. I might have maybe given it more of, you know, benefit of the doubt. Mm. Now that I'm super aware of how a film is made and I felt like some of the shots, it was just like, are you trying to be clever? You know, well, yeah. and I think a film... That's problematic If I'm aware That you're trying to be clever
1: It's like I said in the beginning It's like there are some shots That are nice When you know When you frame them To be different But they're also framed To be easy For example The shot that I like With the Bruce Willis And the the man dying In front of him Is a really nice shot To show he's a bit different And it separates him for it But there are also shots Where they're set up Wider away Just because it saves Time and money For example When he (laughs) asks Have I ever had a sick day Instead of going back and forth Between them Which you could do there They just stick the camera Further back let it roll. One take, right next.
2: Gosh, that that that's sad.
1: It is sad, and you'll see film. You'll see when films do it because the the shot is nice, and there's it's what it's a nice wide shot. What we would use as an establishing shot, probably.
2: That shot, actually, the one that you just brought up, I thought was really good. Bruce Willis in the in the background, mm-hmm. the doctors talking to him. Camera left in front of him. You see only a little bit of a body mm. that's just completely bandaged, which is kind of pulsating in a really horrific way, but then you've also got like death right in front of him. Mm. I, it, like it made me feel something
0: yeah i haven't watched it that many times but every time and that's why i'll put it where i'll put it i get engaged into the the hero's journey like mm-hmm. and the refusal of the thing and uh, this time watching it i i watched a bit more the shots and all that stuff but when when i'm feeling a bit which is interesting because i never realized it, that in the movie even though it's overbearing as you said but when i feel sad or i need to get pumped up i get some music and i don't stop for hours. Music is,
1: that's why I, I get a bit teary-eyed at the charge of the Rohirrim in Lord of the Rings, because the music swells, and the speech and the delivery all work. You know, it's, it's when everything comes together, like, music is a very Powerful emotional tool Because it's it's a way of somebody The the composer, the artist Expressing themselves and letting what they're feeling out The use of music overly enough to Relying on the music to get you there In a film is not It's not like it's a, it's a song A song is designed in that sense To emote something in you That's why songs that are like cash grabs are crap, and you don't listen to them, you're like, you could listen to Don McLean's uh, American Pie, which is like te- A, telling a story, and it's, it's it's sadly composed, and it's to do with, you know, if it's a minor or major, whatever, all the musical technicalities you can get into as well, but there's something about a song that has heart, which makes you feel something, and it's the same with movies, it's like, we enjoy a movie that tries to do something, so I totally get it, I do the same thing, it's like, people, that's why people work out to music, because it makes them feel energetic and stuff like that, but when you move using a film, you're like, this is the sad bit. This is the heroic bit. This is the this is the wife
0: leaving him bit. Yeah, you have the feeling they're drilling your brain a bit at some parts. Yes.
2: <laughs> I've probably made this point before, but it's more that you did, he didn't need to rely on the music mm. the whole way through because no, the yeah. story is so good. Like, I totally believe in that. It didn't make me angry. It made me want to like the film more so i've been trying to find scenes and shots that i really enjoyed because the, the story and the idea behind it is awesome but yeah there are these moments where it takes away from the actual story like so for example you've got the overscoring you've also got the trick shots the one where the it's focused on the comic book that elijah gets for a birthday present it's upside down and then when he puts it the right way the camera follows it so it stays upside down yeah but was... then goes uh, in a 360 to mm. make it like right again why
0: there's a lot of upside down stuff in this film right
2: which i like you know so i like it when
0: all upside down but they never went to Seoul uh <laughs> the th- exactly joseph
2: i think maybe i
0: think it may be joseph
2: he when he's upside down watching tv i quite liked that it didn't feel like anyone was trying to be cool it was just a different way of showing a scene sometimes when you're watching something and it's this is why maybe dutch angles are so awesome because they're different enough for you to be like oh something's happening here and it's making it a, you know a statement in its own way hmm. it's, it's not too tricky where you're th- where you're taken away from the actual story because surely that's what film is a story so then why are you taking a- away from the storyline because now i'm focused on how interesting that shot was
1: i'm sitting here trying to work out the journey i know this the journey of the story of, and the sense of like you know he's on a train he has an accident he walks away he wonders why Somebody tells him why he doesn't believe it he finds out that it's true and then uses it. If it's the if it's the hero's journey this film ends before it really begins.
2: Yeah. There's no conclusion.
1: So I'm not. I'm, I'm glad other people think there, that it does end, abrupt, well, interrupt the conclusion, okay? So I'm not mad It definitely that.
2: does. But maybe that messes up with the whole film because you want it to carry on.
0: Um, Sorry to interrupt. Um, if you see Elijah as the protagonist, we are good. Because he was confused all his life and now he's sure. So that's his journey and that's we're good. But obviously he's not the protagonist. Oh, I don't know.
1: No, I agree. I think yeah, you, that's a Bruce good point. Willis is a protagonist. You see Bruce Willis as a protagonist, yeah.
2: Because I guess you follow his story. Ah, oh, well, no, actually you don't. That's interesting. Is it so Bruce Willis gets more screen time, but it's about Samuel L. Jackson?
1: I think it's Bruce Willis's story. I think, even though it starts... With,
2: with his birth. With the birth of... Elijah.
1: I think it has to start with that because if you just start with the train crash and that stuff's not explained, you're like, who is this guy? I don't really care. I don't believe you're unbreakable. You know, like, we need to start with the whole thing of, like, his arms are broken and his legs are broken. We need to start with that. You need to establish that that's a thing and if you put that if you put that as the very first thing in your film regardless if a person like myself doesn't enjoy the film you believe that fact you're already on board
2: because if you follow bruce willis through from from the beginning and then you introduce elijah into the story there's no reason why you wouldn't be able for them both to have a conversation about i guess i guess the problem is is that elijah knows about bruce willis so you kind of need to understand that elijah knows about bruce willis before bruce willis has any idea that elijah's involved so maybe that's why you need to know elijah before you meet or you need to know his origin story
1: i don't think he knows who bruce willis's character is until after the train crash yeah yeah Are you say do you do you mean that do you mean he knows who he is before the crash or do you think he finds out it's like oh you're you're the you're the same as me afterwards
2: oh uh, so i thought the the plane crash and everything happened before yeah the the train crash yeah yeah yeah, yeah so Surely he would know because Elijah was the reason why those things happened.
1: Yeah, because he was trying to find out, find somebody that was unbreakable. Not because he knew Bruce Willis was there.
2: He's trying to find Bruce Willis in in that. Okay, but I I think the point still stands. Maybe that's why M. Night Shyamalan thought that that was a good idea Hmm. to bring in Elijah first.
0: I always I never remember the, the the first name so that's why I don't use it but uh, David David Dunn is yeah. the Bruce Willis the yeah. character
2: yeah I know but it's Dave, it's, sorry.
1: it's the same thing as we spend go back to Colossal it's not Anne Hathaway's character's name was it? it's Anne Hathaway yeah. It's Bruce Willis. It's Bruce Willis. You know when an actor eclipses who they are, especially after Sixth Sense, where Bruce Willis and even and Die Hard and Die Hard as well. Yeah, I can't even remember his name in Die Hard either. This is annoying. Uh, John McLean. that's it. John McLean.
2: I think I think there are different ways that you could have introduced Elijah's character.
1: I think he's also introduced so you don't see the
0: twist coming.
2: Yeah. Also, this the the disorder that he has is real.
0: Yeah, type 1 osteogenesis imperfecta.
2: There you go. Dr. Yan has spoken. But yeah, no, like it, it exists. So it's not exactly as if like, oh, we don't believe that you have this disease because it's not like it's some fantastical thing.
1: No, I didn't mean that we don't believe he has that. I just mean the fact of like, okay, you're another character introduced. That has an ability. I mean, if you introduce him first, you care about this character because you met him.
2: But you don't.
1: Well that, that that's an argument because he's not in the film enough. I'm just saying that's why he's introduced first in the opening I, scene. Do you know I what get, I mean? And we get yeah. and we get the childhood
0: stuff so that we have more to try and attach ourselves to this person. The follow up episodes will be fascinating because that's my favourite of the three. What, this one? Yes. Oh god.
2: Mommy, um, I mean, maybe I need to watch it again. No, you don't. As
0: as a piece as a standalone piece and that is the other ones are doing some nice stuff but it's going i watched this as a standalone Mm. piece as much as
1: i knew that unbreakable was i don't know what the twist in split is i don't know how they interact and they get together but i knew that unbreakable was it was the first one but even with that in mind i wasn't really paying attention because i hadn't seen split yet so i don't know what the twist is so with that in mind i was watching this as its own piece you know it's it's all right you know i don't like this film is it my least favorite thing i think i was a bit harsh saying that at the beginning because now we've talked about it like, yeah there's some nice stuff in here i don't know if it's good or not that's the difficulty here with this one it's like it's it's in the middle because it's not amazing it's in that really odd category of like this film does nice things but it also does a lot of things wrong
2: yeah of course i understand
1: if you're just like a casual a film watcher and unlike us to have because we scrutinize film to the nth degree <laughs> like it's a homework assessment for school or university <laughs> we can't watch films on face value if you're just watching this for you know bruce willis and i quite like this idea like if you like the idea of a regular superhero i'd Recommend Kickass over this in that genre, though, which came out much later on.
2: But that's also making a little bit of fun.
1: True, at the what the superhero genre was becoming, that is also
2: tongue true. in cheek. Whereas this is really not; it's actually quite dark,
1: which people think wouldn't work for superhero movies, but did work very well for uh, Christopher Nolan.
0: I love those Batman films.
2: Well,
1: arguably, the the, the best superhero movies ever made
0: yeah you know i was so into superhero movies at the time that i think i realized 10 years afterwards that there was a third one. Oh really oh wait i've never seen uh is that the last one where um tom hardy is right Oh mm. Jan, yeah. the dark, i was born in the darkness yeah,
2: it's 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 a weird one i
0: don't know only sub bits with marion cotillard's death and
1: stuff to be fair yan yeah. will be able to know what bane said because he would have watched it with with subtitles (laughs) so you're the you're the only one out here that would know what was going on there's a scene where bane kills a character and no i don't think anybody yet knows what he says
0: i i didn't even watch the revenant with subtitles
1: oh really and wow. in
0: this one is pretty heavy well I probably understood only 60% percent
1: You are you get. Nervous.
2: yeah it's quite an intense um, leave them um, because it ended so abruptly it ruined the whole thing for me and I just wanted them to even just like tack on one more scene maybe yeah. just to show what the writing was telling us I, I didn't want to be told in writing I wanted to actually see
1: sure don't tell
2: because also writing I think is only fine if it was a true story
1: oh, <laughs> yeah like yeah you go, it says you what happened afterwards of the events of the movie yeah.
2: yeah oh god i mean there are loads of films that do this
1: there's one good example of that working in fiction and it's at the end of 23. No, sorry, not Tootie Fruity. Tootie Fruity is a song in the film. Eh, American Graffiti. American Graffiti does that at the very end, which we'll watch one day because it's one of my dad's favourite films. We,
0: yeah. talk- we talked about that also previously. It's also the case in that thing you do. Oh, yeah. An- yeah, it is. Entirely fictional, and then we're updated on the way there. Yeah. yeah. It's Tootie Fruity... Oh, fucking hell.
1: American Graffiti does the same sort of thing, yes. I know, again, I did, it goes against your point, but I meant in fi- there are cases in fiction that does work. Here is not one of them. But- also, both of those films... Uh, that thing you do and american graffiti are not like superhero fiction like the events in those two films are not out of the ordinary like they're very based in reality so you believe you can buy into the idea of like oh they actually had lice afterwards and this we're like okay wow to be continued
0: um based in reality well the guy is very strong and essentially if you watch the extended universe he can't die or something but i i don't feel that it's as as fantasy like it it could happen it's probably why also i liked it in the first place yeah the guy obviously is so strong that uh, stronger than anyone else and elijah but i doesn't feel like anyone has powers in this does it
2: no and i agree i i thought that was quite nice Mm -hmm. because it felt very real and it wasn't um basking in that kind of oh look at these amazing people with superpowers and it didn't feel very childish it was like a, a film it was it was totally adult especially with David's um, relationship with the wife you know that kind of brings things into reality because we all know what that feels like
1: did not believe their relationship though
2: well I think we we were introduced I, I think the problem with this film is that it introduces you to characters in a really weird way like I don't care about Elijah enough. I don't care about um David's character enough to uh, s- think that it's okay that you then put into writing um at the end Elijah was sent to a psychiatric hospital. I I don't care about his character enough. So why would I then it's uh, and also you don't care that David feels um almost um scorned by Elijah, you know? He's like you lied to me and you killed all those people, but you d- I didn't care as an audience member w- because I felt like you, you weren't... Also, y- y- from the get-go, you know that Elijah's mad, so it's not even like a Sixth Sense uh, twist. twist where you're like, holy shit, I didn't see that coming.
1: It also is, in a filmmaking as- aspect here, the film doesn't feel like it's ending at that point. Like, we don't feel we're in the last two minutes of the film.
2: No, because you just find out. Well, yeah. you just see that David has found out that Elijah has made this whole thing possible. Mm. And then it ends and it's like, but you just found out that something awful has happened. Like, how can you end this film here? Yeah. Um. It's, it's, a, it's a shame, I think. I also think Samuel L. Jackson is playing a state of crazy, which annoys me anyway.
1: I couldn't stop saying the 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 line from Pulp Fiction throughout this film. Which I know of um, do I look like a bitch? Like that line from when he had there this is a tasty burger. Like that whole <laughs> section that was in there. I was like, why am I saying this throughout this film? I don't know. Probably because this scene remind the 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 whole of you see that Samuel Jackson can play. He has a, he has a range. He's a good actor.
2: Yeah, he is.
1: I think everyone is limited by the terrible dialogue.
2: Yeah, I, I think it might have been a directorial decision to be like, "Can you please act a bit, a bit off kilter?" Yeah, because that's maybe more fun to watch and play. And
1: or you're trying to do a stylized piece.
2: Do you want to say that again?
1: They're trying to do a stylized piece.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: I mean, um, they're uh, trying to do a style. I'll say it so it doesn't seem weird in the edit. Or well, that you're you
2: yawning to... Halfway through
1: It seems like they're doing A stylized piece From somewhere in Scotland I know No it seems like It seems like they're acting In a stylized piece Which is You've the... said
2: that before I know but I'm
1: saying it For the safety You know Right You know because you now edit That there's a moment Where you like Where you, you cut something And then you can't cut From me going like this It's like So so anyway, it'd be like saying it's a stylized piece and then cutting stylized and me going stylized because that would sound like me go, you know, it's a bit like a stylized piece. (laughs) Like it doesn't work in the edit. So I'm giving the sentence again. So we have the cut to make make it sound like I'm not saying it again.
2: I've tried to make so many things like that in edits work i like,
1: just, ha- just has so many things of me because like it's messing up yeah. like you keep them all you're like you saying candelabra is the funniest thing ever candelabra blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah.
2: you're like camber marbra i'm like <laughs> sorry <laughs> what did you P- podcast
1: say? of the year material <laughs>
2: i was like what did you just say
1: <laughs> it's funny that it's funny on a couch where somebody whose la- first language is not English I'm the worst one at English on the couch I
0: know <laughs> Candomabra, I'll, Candemabra. I'll get that him behind the
1: like... Camdenamna
2: I was like sorry?
1: Be the Camdenabra the Camdenabra candle exactly. Smacker. exactly anyway shall we shall we <sighs> shall we abruptly end this and go into the rating
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> uh, Inuk, Jan was unbreakable good, bad or just plain standard Jan
0: Okay, I'll put that so there's i c I'll put that in a category of non formulaic superhero movies, along with uh, super, kick ass and chronicle. Um, this one I saw it in my childhood, so it goes in the vault.
1: Oh well, okay.
0: Yeah, I understand your criticism. I I, I get them. Yeah. Um it didn't I would say it didn't affect me strongly as some other uh, films in the vault, but enough. That I actually, it's my favorite of the three. Wow! Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my Nick,
2: this is actually really hard because I don't want to put it in bad.
1: Well, talk us through it. Why are you feeling bad?
2: Okay, I'm going to say bad. It, it was, it's bad, but really good story, mm. really nice storyline. It's just a bit confused, and I almost really want to remake it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Maybe milk in a wash.
1: Milk in a wash. Milk in a wash basin.
2: Maybe milk milk in Oh my God, I just said wilk. Milk in a wine glass (laughs) can remake Unbreakable. (coughs) Oh dear. Milk in a wine glass can remake Unbreakable.
1: Do you want to say that sentence again so you have the safety for the edit?
2: maybe we can have milk and a wine glass remake unbreakable
1: there you go now it's that makes actually sense Actually, a Doesn't... really
2: difficult question it is, isn't
1: it and it's also <laughs> difficult to remember exactly what you just said because you're like what did i just say <laughs>
2: what did i just say um <laughs> but, right. it, but it's literally like on the line of good and bad like it's not a bad film it's just not good enough to be good do you know what i mean
1: so i redeemed hereditary and i'm glad i did because if this and hereditary were both in the same category i'd be annoyed at myself as a movie as a, as a movie watcher and in a way critic because hereditary is a well-made piece of cinema that has an interesting ideas but for me didn't work in the way it's presented almost how Anouk feels right now so with that in mind um this is particularly bad I'm trying to work out if this is just plain standard or bad. Oh. It does have interesting shots, but it equally does have shots that are lazy and are there to save time. And it's overscored but with an interesting story. It's like a re it's like somebody's tried to make a pancake and it's just, you know, I didn't put chocolate chips in it, but it's come out with little brown burton bits that taste alright you know like
2: that is the weirdest thing you've ever said
1: that is actually i got halfway (laughs) you know you know when you start saying a a metaphor and an an, an, an analogy and you realize halfway through i don't know where i'm going with this that's what happened there (laughs) analogy master analogy master um it's like it's like riding a bike that i have no idea what this is like I don't know what this is like. It's but like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike but realising it's a unicycle.
2: <laughs> then you're not riding a bike.
1: I know, but you did, well, it works then, doesn't it? Because you don't, this film is not what it's meant to be, but it is enjoyable in some parts. I didn't set out to ride a unicycle, but I'm enjoying riding one. I've broken a nook. Oh no. Yeah, it's, it's like being in the Navy but realising you don't like guns. <laughs> but it's fine because you're on a boat. Mm. anyway
2: you don't like water
1: yeah. <laughs> you might have been in the navy but you wanted to be a synchronised swimmer but it's fine because you're both near water
0: <laughs> you can't swim in there <laughs> yeah well to join the military in general well the navy I was a bit surprised so obviously you have to know how to swim and you can't have flat feet oh uh, really Which you is not the... you cannot yeah, which is the weirdest thing ever like they have this little transparent scale thing and you're you're you step on it and it, yeah your feet are fine nope. okay <laughs> uh, but,
2: i mean that is so sad if you were like that's my lifelong dream and just because of the my i don't know
1: you can't you can't get it helped though i had flat i had flat feet and i wore insoles for like five years and now i don't have flat feet so i've got arches now
2: I guess if you really wanted yeah. to be in an a five years of insults
1: and like a an name like Shyamalan movie my rating ended up being a conversation about analogies that had nothing to do with the the, co- the film in question so that's quite fitting no this is this is this is either two things this is either good but I hated it or mm-hmm. it's bad but it has good things in it and I'm weighing up what way I'm going
2: yeah yeah I agree with that
1: I'm going bad but has good moments
2: so, same as me.
1: It is watchable, and if you're not like us, and you're like, I don't really watch movies for an analytical reason, you'll probably enjoy this. There's some nice stuff. I did quite like the whole like Halloween sequence at the end, where like pushing uh, Bruce Willis off the balcony like Laurie does to um, Michael at the end of Halloween 1. So there was nice, there was like homages and stuff with the orange I, jumpsuit and stuff, so it was cool.
2: I like how he, he got tangled in the swimming pool cover. I quite liked that yeah. idea it was it made me it could just maybe because it, ca- it connects to my fear of being buried alive hmm. like drowning in a sheet is just like whoa, that does not sound
0: good seven have died i think is it i don't from you know the um i know 12 P- magicians died with a bullet catch, but there is also a number for those who died during the uh, being uh, buried alive. Yes. Oh Jesus. Oh God. Seven or something. Yeah. Jesus. That's horrific. Do we think we're good?
1: I think we're good. We are. And I apologize. if anyone's watching who's come from this being a cult film and we've just like totally shat all over it. I do apologize.
2: I don't think we shat over it
1: though. I. It's, it's got good moments, but as a film, it's this. Nah.
2: It's all right.
0: Okay. Uh, It's time to introduce something for our YouTube viewers only. So please don't clarify what's coming. It's visual on purpose. Uh, I'd like to welcome Thumb. This chap will show you right now what he thought about movies he went to see lately. Captain Marvel. The kid who would be king. The White Crow. Fighting with my family. (laughs) Um I'll develop quickly on Captain Marvel because we just talked about a uh, superhero movie and I think I've decided in addition to my boycott of trailers to stop watching YouTube commentators. Uh, after a large consumption of Doctor Who season 11 and Star Trek Discovery rant videos <laughs> th- that not, I, I never got into the Star Wars ones for Star Wars uh, ones for some reason B- maybe because I don't give a, a shit about Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I was pumped down by all the controversy surrounding its uh, exclusion uh, its weird marketing and in the end after watching Captain Marvel it's uh, rather decent uh, to be honest. Yeah. Um now I completely lost interest in those videos when I came some videos explaining that cinemas were planning to screen Captain Marvel exclusively during the opening week, like entire cinemas, just Captain Marvel, Right. which mm-hmm. they, if you know how cinemas work, they plan, they pre-sell. To, so was like, yeah, okay, now I'm done with it. This is just, uh, I'm out. Hmm. Um, also, um, I've been wondering for months now how to expand our YouTube channel. And I was gearing towards something um, very high energy without any jump cuts type of thing because I was not finding that anywhere. And I just found someone who is doing just that. Damn it. Her Mm. name is Jessie Milestone. And I recommend her Captain Marvel review, Should You Bother video, released in early March of this year. On her YouTube channel, My List Entertainment, a very impressive, highly entertaining kind of a 20 minute uh, stream of consciousness. And I was impressed to realize I actually understood everything. So my English fluency must be way better than I sometimes think. Hey. No, As- definitely, definitely. Yeah, you're getting there. Uh, also, between last week's episode,
1: sounded so offensive, didn't it? It did. <laughs> sorry, Yana, You're, didn't getting
2: mean, You're
0: getting that. You are there. You foreigner. Uh,
2: <laughs> 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 it's not how he meant it, for God's <laughs> I'm sake.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean it like that. I mean, it's uh, there are spoilers, so it's probably uh, well, but, well, once you've seen, <coughs> once you've seen the movie, I recommend watching it. It's like Alex Jones on steroids, and without any jump cut. it's crazy.
1: Ooh. it's in the
0: water. Uh, also, between last week's episode, which was Amour with Boriana and today's episode, uh, Avengers Endgame was released. So the plan for next week is supposed to be they shall not grow old. However, if I managed to think properly, um, we should have recorded an episode of Avengers Endgame with me in Duplex from New York. Uh, I'll set everything up here before I leave so we can do this smoothly. And it will be the first time we do something like this. So, hopes up.
1: Fingers crossed.
0: (laughs) There are actually in the world um, high-profile state secrets in the world. So if you're not, you're not necessarily completely nuts if you're into conspiracies. However, I'm a bit confused there. I was watching this documentary on Netflix called "Behind the Curve" uh, about the flat earthers. Oh God! And as I was watching this, I had this weird impression. I was like, but surely, wait, don't really. So they—they at they, the whole thing. At one point, they have this twenty thousand dollars gizmo laser thing that they use something to 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 have to to check for sure that it's um, a globe and not uh, round or anything. And well, the results don't uh, work as they planned. Anyway, but I was I was like, surely they've seen those videos. I, I've seen Center Space. I've seen a tardis, a baguette. I've seen. <laughs> I've seen so many stuff sent to space. I was like all the way in my mind all the way through It's an hour and a half or something. I was like, surely <laughs> they know. And actually, I've checked, and they did the experience, and they are still not convinced.
1: Well, the world is is round. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Going back to the navy point, like being in the navy would be impossible if the pl- Earth was flat, because you'd have to go like you'd have to sail to a point where there's a cut in the in the in the Pangea. Like the flat earth to go round. Otherwise, the whole world would just be full of canals. You know, like just cutting through the street. Like, oh, we can't get from here to here, so we'll have to sail all the way around. It's like, no, because the earth's round, we can go round the seas.
2: Also, wouldn't you just hit an ice wall? Isn't that what they believe?
0: Yeah, but you can see in no. the... <laughs> And then the, you look the, over
1: the side and you're on top of an elephant riding a turtle.
0: Yes, yes. a would oh, t- love that. Shout out to Terry Pratchett. The Great Turtle, which is also one reason I'm very excited about the uh, arrival. And when you listen to this, it's about to be released, I think, May. Yeah. Uh, good Omens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Everything We Love, written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett and with uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant in it.
2: Amazing. And it sounds so good. It does.
0: And if we are into uh, movie titles with one uh, word, so that was today um, Unbreakable, um, also with Michael Sheen and Samuel L. Jackson, um, Unthinkable, this one is hard. Mm. This one is, yeah, you, you know, uh, you remember where um, Jack Bauer redefined how uh, agents treat terrorists? This one is hard. This one is, uh, mm. yeah, this is a good one uh, that I loved, and I'll uh, we'll, uh, have that at some point. Anyway, um, Ooh, um, yeah, yeah, that's good. A, that was us. Uh, All right, um, yeah, I think no.
1: unbreak unbra- unbreakable <laughs> broke us. Well, me
2: and Oh, no, it didn't. It's it's not
0: that bad.
1: No, it's not. Is it? No. All right. Well, we'll see you next time.
0: Yeah, next time should be either um, as I said, Avengers Endgame with novelty. A <laughs> live thing or they shall not grow old uh, either way we'll see you next time we were Adam Anouk and Jan bye 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 guys